0: Good morning, family, and welcome to another online recording of our um, sermon for the 12th of July, 2020, and uh, lockdown day 107, 107 days. Wow. And uh, looking at the stats, it seems to be uh, increasing in deaths uh, in our country, and um, nearly at 4,000. But we will continue to pray and ask for the Lord's mercy upon the people and for the for the church as well as for our country. And uh, as the scripture says, is that if my people will hum them, humble themselves and pray, and turn from the wicked ways, see if I do not heal the land. And that's what we are looking for. But today is a chilly day, and I hope that everyone is dressed up nice and warm, and they're keeping well, and I hope that uh, everyone is uh, still, uh, uh, um, not un- they are not under the weather. Um, we pray for healing if you are. uh, But we thank the Lord that He has brought us thus far in order for us to continue to serve Him and to continue to minister to one another. And we are now on our last part of lesson or chapter 6, titled, Be Filled with the Spirit. And um, I'm getting actually quite lost with uh, what part this is. Um, I thought I wrote it down here, but it seems like I have left that one blank. I'm guessing that this is part six. Lesson six, part six. And we are going to be speaking about speaking in tongues. This last part. Now remember that we are just touching on these things. If we had to really do a study, this will take weeks, months to cover every part and in every intricacy. And some people have even taken it as as their ministry to to speak about the Holy Spirit for the entire ministry of years and decades. And uh, we are going through this discipleship course, and we don't have that time to to really uh, take time on each element and to really go down to its ground level. So what we are doing is this, is that we are touching on these doctrines. Uh, being full of the Spirit is bas- basically part of the pneumatology doctrine. Uh, pneumatology coming from the Greek word, uh, "logy," meaning to study or to the study of, uh, pneuma, uh, which is the Greek word for wind or for spirit and uh, uh, for air. And it, it, it's it's funny because now um, the word of God says that when the wind blows, you can't see it. You do not know where it's coming from or where it's going to. All right. And that you could maybe take it from the Greek and, th- and say that, well, it's like the spirit. You do not know or how the spirit moves and how the spirit is, is working because we don't control the spirit. All right? We don't uh, uh, we cannot tell the spirit what to do because uh, uh, we are not in control of God. And the thing is this is that when the spirit takes control and we relinquish our will to him, then the Lord is able to do his work in the church, amen. The Lord is able to do his work. And um, so we're going to talk today about glossolalia, which is the Greek word for tongues. But in actual fact, if we had to dig a bit deep about the glossolalia, uh, uh, it actually does not only mean tongues. It means language. It means language or languages. So speaking in tongues is associated on page 6 of our lesson guide of lesson six, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Often it is regarded as the first sign of baptism. Though strange to many, it is important to recognize the biblical importance thereof. It is important to long after it because, and we're going to go through today with our 16 points that we have here in our manual. Number one, the Lord Jesus promised that they should be one of the signs that will be following the believers. And we read this in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version. The, 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 the um, scripture that's been used, the version that's been used in this manual is actually the King James, which is, of course, the archaic, uh, the archaic uh, English that sometimes is a bit more confusing Then enlightening. So the New King James Version written for the modern uh, reads as thus. And these signs will follow those who believe. Alright. These signs will follow those who believe. Believe what? Believe God. Believe in Jesus. The word of God says that if we had to believe in our heart. That Jesus is the son of God. That Jesus is the Messiah and that Jesus died upon the cross for our sins so that we may be saved. The times before Jesus, it was uh, the the people had to bring sacrifices for every sin that they brought. They brought sin sin offerings, they brought thank offerings, they brought the first fruits, they brought a sacrifice to God. Something had to die, and then we'll, uh, 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 And what happened was that now Jesus came as the 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 only sacrificial lamb, the, the Lamb of God, to come and uh, to 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 save our sins by dying upon the cross, by, by taking our sins upon Himself, He paid a price that no one else could pay. He laid his life down for you. Then he was buried in the tomb and after three days as he has prophesied uh, uh, and people could not understand what he was saying. He rose up from the dead. Victorious. And then he ascended to heaven with a promise to say he will be coming again. And he's seated at the right hand of God. As Stephen, when he was kneeling down as he was about to be stoned, had testified. I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Amen. And the Word of God says that if you confess this with your mouth and believe it in your heart, you are. And shall be saved Amen So those who believe in God Says yeah in my name They will cast out demons In my name They will speak With new tongues The word of God Says now if we take it from the Greek the Tongues meaning glossolalia Actually means that they will speak With new languages Number two, they are evidences of the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, sorry, I think I skipped something, yeah? Yeah, Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utter- utterance. Notice it's not as how they... Gave utterance. Is it as the Spirit gave utterance. We cannot speak different languages without the Spirit being in control. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit who speaks through us. When the people of Jerusalem stood around and they heard the word of God being spoken and preached. And they said, how can this be? These people are Galileans and they're speaking in our own languages of our home city. And of course you always have some mockers and some people who who do not understand what they hear or see or, or even comprehend. Will always make a mockery of the things of God. The example of that day of Acts chapter 2 where they heard these things being said and they mocked is still continuing 2,000 years later where people do not understand the things of God, are still mocking the things of God. Acts chapter 10 verse 45 to 46 says this. And those of the circumcision who believed, okay, now what does this mean? Those of the circumcision, it means that these were Jews. Peter had gone to minister to the Gentiles. He had stepped out of his comfort zone. He was not used to consorting, communicating, fellowshipping with people that was none of his own cloth, of his own skin colour, of his own creed, of his own culture. He was not used to this. Give him a Jew any day he will be in Like a fish in water. He will be in his element. Because why he will be able to speak. And the people listening will be able to understand. What he's talking about. Because why when he speaks about. Sacrifices, they know what he's talking about When he speaks about Moses, they know what he's talking about When he speaks about David, oh, they know what he is talking about When he speaks about the lineage of David being the Lamb of God That Jesus was the Messiah, was coming from the lineage of David They understood exactly what he was talking about There was no explanation, no way they had to say, okay, fine, we have to do Sunday school now and we have to explain our history to you so you can understand why Jesus came and did what he did. To hear about all the prophecies of the Old Testament, the prophecies of the the prophets of old, how when they spoke about the messianic uh, 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 prophets, uh, foretellings that how each one came to be, that when Jesus was born and when Jesus died, that between his life and the time he died, and as well as his resurrection, was all foretold. And yeah, Peter's standing here; he has just been sent to the Gentiles to go and minister to these people. The first word that came out of his mouth was most probably said, "No way, Jose! I am not doing it. That's not for me, Lord. Get someone else to do it." Well, God did later on. He got Paul, and even Paul gave him gave Peter a good talking to one time. He says, "Don't be a hypocrite. The Gentiles." Are part of the body of Christ. Do not act. Differently. With them. And then when the Jews come. Suddenly. You are with the Jews only. And not with the Gentiles. You're a church father. You're a Christian. And that's a poem. That we have in the church is that we are still segregated in our minds. We still separate ourselves depending on what language you speak. Might be a little bit hidden or not. But we need to get out of that rut. Because what will you do when you're standing in heaven? Heaven. And you find that you're not speaking your language anymore. But you're speaking the heavenly language. So these circumcised Jews... These Christian Jews... Because it says those of the circumcision who believed... Which tells us that these were saved Jews... They were astonished. (laughs) You can imagine them standing around while these Gentiles were praising the Lord, and speaking in tongues, being full of the Holy Spirit, that the Jews' jaws just, what? Dropped. What on earth is going on here? How can this be? And I'm sure that when Peter was, was requested to come and minister to these Gentiles, he did it with a half a heart. Yeah, I will do it, yeah, you know, I'll just speak a little bit, and you know, I've, I've done my job, and uh, I've made God happy, because this is what he's trying to say, that uh, um, no one's unclean, that God has uh, made clean, and uh, um, so I'll just say a few words, and uh, maybe get my, my paycheck uh, for my journey and my trouble, and off I go. And it's funny that as he was speaking that these Gentiles got full of his spirit, that Peter even were like, what on earth is going on? And then as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, and for they heard them speak with tongues, and they heard them magnify God. Amen. And they were astonished. So how can this be? And even Peter says, well, if... Because, I mean, they fooled the Holy Spirit just like we were on the first day. Which means that similar experience in Acts chapter 2. These Gentiles, in about 17 verse, uh, chapters later, were experiencing the same experience. Even though the Bible says 17 chapters later, we do not know how many how much time had passed before these Gentiles were ministered to? Acts chapter 19 verse 6. Sorry, did I say 19 before? My apologies. It was actually Acts 10. Seven chapters later, I went to chapter 8. <laughs> Acts 19 verse 6 says this, And when Paul, right, now we we are speaking with the Apostle Paul now, had laid hands on them. See, there's different types of of laying hands. You don't have to always lay hands on a person to receive the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you He can come upon you where you're seated. You don't need necessarily to have someone to lay hands upon you for you to receive the Holy Spirit. People have read the Bible. They're going through the Bible. They read the Scripture, and they got full of the Holy Spirit. And they got full—they got full of the Holy Spirit in their bedrooms. Other people sitting in a a, a crusade, seated at the back with their hands folded, arms folded, and they're like, yeah, you know, this is all, yeah, you know, uh, all these happy clappies and so forth. And these people got full of the Holy Spirit, got knocked out of their seats, and they stood up and praising the Lord, and they joined the happy clappies. (laughs) You know what they say? Let me be a fool for Christ. But don't be a fool, as Proverbs says. But at this instance, now that Paul is ministering to his people, he went towards them and he laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Evidences of the Holy Ghost. There are some of the... The the, the the scriptures that indicates this. Number three, they are one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And no gift is less than the other. Some people say, Well, I got the gift of, of, of tongues and you got the gift of healing. I feel I've got something less, and you got something more. No each one works towards building the body of Christ you never know when you when something is essential to the working of your body until you lose it I remember one time reading through uh, a document and you know these uh, little tidbits that come out that way, that uh, did you know, you know, little things like that. And I came across something very interesting. The smallest finger of your hand, which we call the pinky, you think that that is the most useless part of your hand. I mean, it's part of your hand, but you also feel it's the weakest part of your hand. But they say that if you lose that finger, if it gets cut off, you actually use, uh, you actually lose 50% of your hand's strength. Amen. Wow, 50%. A little finger, the weakest part of your hand, gets removed. And the rest of your hand loses 50% of its strength. You only know how essential that little finger is, is when you've lost it and you find that you battle to function without it. It's the same thing in the church. The least person in your church, you might think is the most useless person in your church. The one who does barely anything. But when you've lost that person, you find how much essential he is to the body of Christ. When the Lord pours out his spirit, he does not select people who are of high intellect. He does not select people of a lower intellect he does not select people and choose them because they look better than the other person they look much more handsome or beautiful or whatnot no the lord looks at the heart he pours it out he says this is my gift to you use it wisely for my body edify the church build my church And that's why the Lord says, and the Word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, where it says that the Lord gives to one a gift, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. To another, and this is very important, different kinds of tongues. Wow. So there's not only one kind of, uh, of tongue, there's different kinds of tongues. Tongues of thanksgiving, tongues of exhortation, tongues of praise, tongues of worship. Praise the Lord. And to another, the interpretation Of tongues. If you're in a church. And someone goes off in a tongue. And he goes off and goes off and goes off. And the word of God says that. There must be someone in the church. Who should be able to interpret it. And the word of God says. If there is none. Then you need to interpret it yourself. Pray to the Lord for interpretation. But notice that. The Word of God does not say He gives to one the working of miracles and gives to the same person prophecy to the same person discerning of the Spirit and so forth and so forth. Because why? It is not a one man show. The Lord of God will not pour out His Spirit on one person only and say well now you need to minister to the entire church with all the gifts I've given to you when the gifts is free for everyone to be ministered and to edify the church as a whole. Every person has a function in the church, from the least to the most. And all in all is is working towards building Christ's church. Some verses later, in 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse 28. When the Lord has poured out all his gifts upon the people and each one has been receiving, he also appointed in the church, firstly he appointed apostles, secondly he appointed prophets, thirdly he appointed teachers. After that, it's miracles Then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Each one has a function. And many times I hear this in the church where they say, I am not a pastor. Or has God called you to be a pastor? No. Okay. Has God called you to be a servant? No. Well, the Lord says that each one must be a servant. Uh, has the has the Lord called you to to uh, 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 to minister? No. Well, the Lord says we need to speak the word in season and out of season. We have to be ready in season and out of season. We have to know the word. We have to speak the word. We have to we have to minister the word to one another. The pastor is just a title. It's an office. A man or woman who's been set apart by God, who's been called to minister to the church, to raise up fellow sons and daughters of David, fellow sons and daughters of Christ, those who will be discipled and to be able to grow in the spirit so that they themselves will become fathers. They themselves will become some form of ministers who have been set apart by God in order to minister to other sons and daughters of David. (coughs) That is the ministry. That is the body of Christ. Many times there have been churches where the pastor has passed away and there has not been a replacement that a man or woman has been set forth who might have been older, who says, well, I am no preacher, I am no minister, I am no spokesperson, I cannot speak. Just like Moses said, I could not speak. But Aaron was brought on board in order to be spokesperson. And the Lord will bring these people up So well, you are my leader. I, I need to set you forth because my church... Church is like sheep who have gone astray. You need to lead them back onto the path. You need to lead them back to the word of God. You need to get them back onto the knees to pray for uh, uh, revival, and for salvation, for the nations. And what happens is that these people step forth because they say, well, there is a place, there's a vacuum. And what happens is that I will step forth until a minister can come forth. And these same people who have said, I am no minister, later on become pastors. I heard many testimonies where they've come to the college, and these people—excuse <coughs> me—and <coughs> these people have come to the church, uh, to 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 the college, and they said, "I am just an older." But when I observe their lives, and I observe how they 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 they. They carry themselves and the personality that they have. I said, you know what? I think you will be a very good pastor. In actual fact, I think you'll be better than most of the pastors who go through this place. Because why? You are. You carry yourself just like Christ. You're humble, and you never say that you're humble. People who say, "I am humble." are the ones who are the most prideful. Let your actions dictate whether you're humble or not. I heard something someone told me yesterday, I think it was. And we were talking about humbleness. It says, this one pastor said, I am very humble, I'm so humble... That you have to be very spiritual to see it. <laughs> I thought the student of that is the most prideful guy I've ever heard. You have to be very spiritual to see my humbleness. No, it doesn't work like that. But each person in the church has a position has a a set work that God has set for them. If you're good with administration, the Bible says this. When he has appointed these in the church, first apostles, prophets, teachers, and after that, miracles, gifts of healings. But then there's also helps and administrations. These are gifts that the Lord has given to you. Varieties of tongues. God desires all to speak with tongues. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse five says, is, "I wish you all spoke with tongues. but even more than that that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now this is a bit confusing because we're talking about tongues. And now we're saying, well, tongues is not all that great because, I mean, it's it's uh, uh, the one who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Well, let's bring a bit more clarity to this. When you speak in tongues, that's it. Have you edified anyone else? No. A person only receives knowledge when he understands what he receives. If you speak in tongues, and then that's it, it just ends there, no one got edified. Then someone else stands up and starts to prophesy. And everyone can understand what he says. And therefore they are greatly edified. And therefore, that's what the scripture says. Therefore, the one who prophesies will be greater than the one who speaks with tongues. But there is an unless added to that. Unless there is an interpretation. And when there is an interpretation, there is edification. Edification. Edification means that there is something that grows, there's something that's nutrient, there's something that, that helps the body to mature, to grow. A sustenance. <coughs> First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 39. Therefore, brethren, therefore, my brothers and sisters, desire earnestly to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. I think that when people read the scripture says the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues and all that, I think they would jump in quickly to go and say, well, you speak in tongues, please stop. Go, go into your own private uh, uh, bedroom and go and speak tongues there. But Paul says that, therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. You can prophesy, but do not stop those who speak in tongues. Corporate worship. Number five, they speak the wonderful works of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 11. There was these nations amongst them, the Cretans and the Arabs. And they said, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. Amen. So when you speak in tongues, you don't know what you're saying. When the Spirit gives you utterance, and you start to worship God, and you start to praise God, you don't know what you're saying. I was was reading a a passage in one of the theological books and the author said there is that there's been recordings taken of people who speak in these tongues who I think that they are speaking like baby language or speaking like gibberish or whatnot, And because they did not comprehend it, they did not understand. And they took it to another country and those people who listened, they said we know exactly what is being said because it is in our mother tongue. They are praising God. They are worshiping God. They are giving thanks to Him. We'll speak about it again by number 14, where they are assigned to the unbeliever. Because these people said that, well, we recorded these people speaking in tongues or speaking in this language, and they are not of your country. Well, then they must have studied our language very closely because that is a very fluent language of our mother tongue. These people do not know what they're saying. Well, that's impossible. These people have never spoken this language. Well, that is also impossible. How can this be? Well, these people apparently were full with the Holy Spirit. And there is something that they say that they got, when they're full of the Holy Spirit, they spoke in what they call tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And these people heard, well, that is wonderful. We never heard this before. What happens is that this becomes a sign to the unbelievers of the marvelous work of God. Many times unbelievers have got saved because they heard tongues that was being spoken in their own language as the Spirit gave them utterance. Number six, they magnify God in Acts chapter ten verse forty-six. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Your tongues will never magnify yourself. Your tongues will never magnify the material things of this world. Your your tongues will always give glory to God. Because it's the spirit within your, your, your heart. Your spirit that is empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. That is giving thanks to the Lord above all things. They speak to God in number 7 in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know. One of the, my students showed me a video clip. And this is what happens in our church. Is when they want the few Good. The, 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 that, the, that, the, that, 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 um, how can I say that, that, that exciting feeling, the euphoria. where they try to reinvent church, to try and make it a bit more exciting, because why? The people want more excitement, and if they don't get any more excitement, they don't come to church anymore, and therefore there will not be this massive mega church anymore. So what happens is they start to invent new things, and I saw in this video clip two pastors who were actually kind of preaching to each other in tongues, One will go da, da 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 and you go off in these tongues. And the other one will answer da 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 da, and you go off in these tongues. And the whole church was jumping up and getting all excited. I think that's ridiculing the Spirit of God. I mean, I don't know the full story there. Maybe the Holy Spirit was behind the whole thing. But what I saw in the clip, I don't think so. It was like, it was as if it was making a mockery. The word of God says that he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. And these guys were speaking to each other. But you speak to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mystery. Wow, you know, if we speak in tongues... And if there was just some form of interpretation when we are speaking in tongues, imagine the amazing things we'll be hearing. There must be mysteries and things that we have never comprehended, secrets. That we are speaking that we will never know when we are speaking to God. They speak to God. They edify the speaker. Two verses later, verse Corinthians 14 verse 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. He who speaks in a tongue, and there's an interpretation of the tongue, edifies the church as well. When you go into your private closet, close the door so that that God who sees in, uh, in secret will see you in secret. And when you go into tongues, you start to preach and pray in tongues between you and the Lord. As Paul says, that I do not know what I say, but it's the Spirit who speaks through me to God that blesses me. <laughs> the prayer in tongues is a spiritual prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 14 says for if i <coughs> pray in a tongue my spirit prays but my understanding is unfruitful cuz it's a spiritual prayer but as the lord says that as as the word says that when you come to a point where you do not know what to say and you have so much Uh, uh, To to put forth But you don't know what to say There's no words to comprehend To put into words your emotion The spirit speaks Because he knows what to say Number ten They can be a spiritual song 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15 says, What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with that understanding. I have been in some wonderful present worship times, present worship events, when we will be singing and then. There will be a song that just hits that chord. That song that hits the chord in the heart. And we'll sing it over. And over. And over. Normally, a song like that, we would have like, ah, ah, too many times. No, please. No, not again. But when you're in the spirit and you start to sing the song, it starts to take a new meaning. And you can't stop singing because the words are beautiful. The words are exactly what you're trying to say to God. And what happens is that we start moving from one realm to another realm. We start moving from one phase to another phase. We start moving from one level to another level. And suddenly the words you're speaking you do not understand because it becomes tongues. We start to sing in another language. We start to worship the Lord in another language. And what happens? Suddenly the air becomes magnetized. The air becomes electrified. And suddenly the word of God says that the spirit of the Lord was poured out upon the church. We'll be worshiping the Lord. And then we go over to tongues and, and, and we can start feeling there is a shift in the spiritual realm. We can we, we, we feel that there's something in the way, there's something like that that's not really allowing us direct access to the heaven, to the heavenly realm, to the throne room. There's something in the way and we are trying to get to it. We are getting closer and closer, but not close enough. But when we go into tongues, there's that shift in the hemisphere and suddenly there is an opening and we are oof, right into the throne room. Remember I mentioned about the people with their arms folded sitting at the back? And yeah, they're sitting there looking around like, yeah, these people are repeating themselves over and over. And when we go into tongues, you see those people fall like dominoes. Holy Spirit comes in with such power, it knocks them off their feet. And when they eventually get up, they themselves are singing in tongues. They themselves are praising the Lord. They themselves have their hands up and not folded anymore. (laughs) I miss those times I've been In this area Of Pretoria for some time And it's extremely rare That I've been in a church Where we have had Something like that again it's a different culture in this area. When you come to the Lord, you need to loosen yourself. When you come to the Lord, you leave your culture behind you. When you come to the Lord, you leave who you are and your misgivings. The 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 uh, um the hatred and the, the separation, the division that you have in your heart, you leave it outside. Or well, actual fact, you don't even leave it outside. You just get rid of it. The Lord does not need it. The Lord does not want it in your life. When there's a release, when in the when the uh, 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 there is that that's. Uh, uh, that separation that has been taken away and you start to come to, together as a body of Christ. The Lord will start to be able to move. Because why Acts chapter 2 says it again. In the upper room, they came together in one accord. It was no separation. They came with one purpose. They came together as a body. They came together as a family. They came together as a church. And when they got together in 10 days, they were full of the Holy Spirit. For all we know, that for the nine days they had issues. We had the 120 that's sitting in the upper room. Most probably by the 10th day was only 120. Maybe f- the first nine days was 500, and 400, and 300. And each time you had some of these people say, Where are these people gone? Why are they gone? What's happening? Don't they know what the Lord said? He said, remain. And we are. And these people are falling away. You don't know what bitterness was being said. We don't know what words were being said. All we know on the 10th day, they said, you know what? Let's put it aside. Let's leave it aside. We are only in 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, uh, 120 Let's put our differences aside. Forget what these people who might be saying about us. When they say, well, the Lord said we must wait, and we waited for a day or two, and he's not coming back. How long does it take a guy to go to heaven and come back? He said he's going to send his spirit. We see nothing yet. Forget what they said. We are together now. We are of different economic backgrounds, different careers. Forget all that. We are one body Yeah. And the Lord says, remain until, and I will remain until. And maybe on that morning, eventually, after maybe 10 days, we do not know. This is my assumption again. My opinion. That by the 10th day, they said, let's come together as one body, One mind. Forget our differences. Let's love one another. As the Lord says, that when we love one another, the world will know that you are my disciples. And maybe at that time, they put everything aside, said, Lord, forgive us. And they came together in one accord. And the Spirit says, now is the time. (laughs) Like I said We need this in our church 1 Corinthians chapter 14 Verse 16 Of number 11 They can be a spiritual blessing Paul writes this What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, I will also sing with the understanding. Verse 15. Let's go to 16. <coughs> Otherwise, if you're blessed with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say, Amen? at you're giving your thanks, since he does not understand what you say. Amen. That's true, because if you speak in tongues and you're blessing someone, he does not know what blessings you should have blessed him with. He doesn't even know if you cursed him. But they can also be giving of thanks. And the next verse says, For indeed, give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Number four, the 13 says, They are the source of joy. First... Corinthians chapter 14 verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than all of you. But what Paul is trying to get to is by number 14 that they are a sign to the unbeliever in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 22 where he says, Therefore, in all in all, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. You don't need to pr- prove to each other that, uh, you know, i got to give the gift of tongues, so I, you know, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. They, these tongues are a sign according to the word of God. From Acts chapter 2 to those who are unbelievers, they heard the word of God being preached to them. Let's finish verse 22 first. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Okay, we'll come to, back to that. Let's go back to Acts Acts chapter 2, which seems to be a common scripture that we're going to keep on coming back to. When the 120 were full of the Holy Spirit, and they saw cloven tongues light on each of their heads, and as the Spirit gave them utterance, they spoke in tongues, notice this that there were Jews outside in the marketplace from all corners of the earth who had come on the special, auspicious occasion to Jerusalem. And in the year, these voices, notice, it's not people that's out in the market that are now speaking You know what happens when you go to the market and you see there's someone standing on a a pulpit or a box or something and he's talking, you kind of walk around him and you ignore him and you continue. Okay? That's human nature. Alright? Unless you hear that uh, I'm gonna tell you how to make money fast, and then everyone stops and goes and, and goes and listens because why? They want to know how to make money fast. But these people did not see these people, they heard these voices. And they heard the word of God been preached in their own tongues. And I'm sure that most probably had moved to another location uh, to coming outside these the upper room, and they most probably I fired those hundred and twenty and they said, Hey, look, they are not of our culture. Because I'm sure some of them who heard the people speaking their own language most probably rushed to see. They all native from their own country because you know how it is when you're in a foreign country and you hear someone speaking let's say Afrikaans or Zulu or any other African languages and what would you do? you will forget your prejudice Amen yeah, in a country, oh, we separate ourselves, How we, however, you know, color, creed, and culture, and uh, level of uh, economic background, whatnot. But when you are in a foreign country, you forget all that, and you actually make friends when, where else you would not have made friends. Because it's a fellow countryman. Suddenly, you have become very patriotic. To your country, and yeah, these people, yeah, these the, these words being spoken in their own language, they must be rushed to go see their fellow country and say, Hey, how's it, man? Where are you from, man? And uh, where are you staying? And maybe we can get together and have have uh, 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 some coffee or or a, and a hamburger together. And then I see these people who are not from their country, but they're Galileans. I said, how can this be? We well, hear yeah, these people preaching in our own language, but they are not from our country. And these people were unbelievers. I mean, they were, they were staunch Jews. They were believing in God, but they were not believing in Jesus as the Messiah. So that's when Peter stood up and started preaching. And on that day, because of the tongues that magnified God, and because Peter preached, because of the tongues that were magnifying God in their own different languages, 3,000 got saved. Because Peter says, don't you know the scriptures that have prophesied about this? Said there will be strange words on lips. or Words on strange lips. Number 15. They are part of a fellowship meeting. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, Paul writes about order in the church. And he says, how is it then, brothers and sisters? How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. There is order in the church. There is order in the church. Notice this. It doesn't say whenever you come together that one of you has a psalm. Does it doesn't say this, that one of you has a teaching or a tongue or a revelation or interpretation. Yes, we have gotten used to that a church has a leader, a pastor, a minister, a shepherd. He is there to bring to you spiritual understanding, spiritual food, sustenance for the new week. But the word of God also says that each one has a part to play. A psalm to sing, a teaching that the Lord has laid upon your heart for such a time, a tongue, a revelation, interpretation. But Paul says Let all these things be done for edification Because you'll come Sometimes when someone brings something and You know what I want to sing Sings a song Does not edify the church Does not make the church grow Someone brings a tongue Does not edify the church Only edifies yourself And it's his interpretation Brings the teaching doesn't make the church grow. Everything has to be done for edification. So, your psalm, your singing has to edify the church. Your teaching, your tongue, your revelation, your interpretation, all these things, as the Bible says, has to be done for edification. Anything that's done that does not build the church is not to be used in the church. 1 Corinthians 14.27 says this, If anyone speaks in the tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. Sometimes there's confusion about this. Why does there have to be two or three? Well, the Word of God says this. Well, actually not really the Word of God. My experience that I've noted is this, that The Lord of God will not only have one person who will speak in tongues or prophesy in tongues, but He will split it up amongst two or three, one message that will be consistent. One person stands up and speaks, the next person stands up and speaks, the next person stands up and speaks. And each one is speaking in tongues, does not know what he's saying, but the Lord is giving them utterance. And then one person stands up to interpret, he interprets what all three were saying. That shows unity, shows us coming from one source. (coughs) 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 39 of our last point they are not to be forbidden and we read this before therefore brethren desire earnestly to prophesy but do not forbid to speak with tongues there's a lot more we can say about these things there's a lot more we can delve deeper into these things using case studies and history historical accounts Bible, philosophy, revelation, whatever. We can pull out books upon books and we can go through everything and delve deeper. But like I said, this is just a discipleship course where we touch on these things. We talk about these things. We can speak about the Holy Ghost fire. That if you want to be a disciple for the next few decades, I mean, each one of us continues to be disciples until the day we die. Even though we become masters, disciples, there's always someone that we submit ourselves to, to be as a disciple as well. We're always growing. We're always being mentored. As we mentor others, we are consistently being mentored ourselves. But this concludes our lesson six. And you know, you can go over through the assignment of page eight and page nine and fill in all the details there. But this is has been a very insightful lesson, and um, it's one that's very much highly avoided as there's so much diverse understandings as to this chapter, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Many times you get the question, how do you know that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible tells you that you would not. I cannot tell you how your relationship is with God. Only you and God would know. We can only divulge what the Bible tells us as by the fruit of the Spirit, as to whether you've been full with the Holy Spirit. Because it's by the fruit that you will know them. And the fruit does not come instantaneously, it comes through time. When we starts to see this man and this woman who was uh, uh, rude and very hard-hearted and liked to go and discoing going and felt like it was the queen of the world or the king of the world and and uh, 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 when they get full of the Holy Spirit, you see this change starts to come on, upon them. They don't uh, 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 want to wear these clothes anymore uh, um, the, that they're used to wear. They wear something a bit more uh, covering. And you say, okay, all right, uh, uh, the, when did you decide? It's, just, well, it's not a matter I decided, it's just a matter I don't feel comfortable wearing such clothes anymore. Because what happens is that now the Lord starts to work through your heart. He starts to dig deep into your heart. He starts to change your personality. He starts to take the things that are not good and wholesome to your body. And He starts to replace it with His kindness and His goodness. And with His fruit, He starts to, it gets planted. You, you know when you are planting seeds in the, in the garden? What do you do? Do you go and just dig a hole and put a seed? No, you don't. What you do is, is that you clear up the rubbish. You, you, you make a garden, you, you, you take out all the rubbish. How can a seed get planted amongst all the thorns and thistles? How can a seed get planted amongst all the rocks and all the, the, the trees and uh, broken branches? It will not be able to see the sunlight. So what do you do? You start to clear it out. You take a hole, you take something sharp, and what do you do? You start to dig you start to break it up. You start to remove all the weeds. Because the weeds is what's going to kill your plants. You start to remove it out. You start to till the, f- the f- uh, soil. You start to soften the soil. It takes time. It takes work. And you start to remove all the rocks. And once you start to remove all the rocks, you start to replace it with something wholesome. You start to replace it with the seed. And by replacing it with a seed, you start to make you start to water it, and that's the word of God. You start to allow the sun to, to shine upon it. You start to care for it. And what happens is that it's not instantaneously a tree, it takes time, and then you see a little leaf start to poke through the soil. That's how it is in our lives. When we get filled of of spirit, the spirit slowly starts to remove the rocks from our hearts. Because now we start to suffer, he starts to break down the walls we have built up over the years, so that we can allow people in. He starts to uh, make the soil soft, so that we start to become kind and courteous, and we start to, to care for one another where we hated one another. We start to be blinded to the, the color. Oh, I am white and you black. I am black, you white. You know, we don't see that anymore because what we do is we see the heart. We don't even see the color. Sometimes what happens with me is that when a person says, Well, what, what is she or what is he? And I have to think and I'm like, I have to try to remember now is he uh, black or is he colored or is he uh, Indian? I have to think about it because why? I don't see it anymore because why? The Bible, the law says we need to be blinded to such things. We are of one body. We have one creed. There is no separation in the church of God. We come together to worship the Lord. And when the Lord looks down upon us, he does not look at one more than the other because we are all his children. He looks at us equally. And that's what the Lord does. He starts to work on your heart. You start to change. You start to feel uncomfortable with the things that you were doing. And you feel it's wrong. Because that's what's happening. That when we do things wrong, we are taking a hot iron to our conscience. And we are seeing it. And when you shear a hot iron, meat, when you burn the meat, it becomes harder. It does not become soft anymore. When the Lord is in our heart and when the fruit of the Spirit starts to manifest in our heart, what's happening is that the the the, the scars of our heart starts to heal. The, the the burnt meat suddenly starts to get restored to life again our conscience, which was hardened, which uh, you felt nothing, starts to soften to a point where that even the worst things that you see, you weep about it. You start to feel something. And that's the Lord that is bringing your heart closer to Christ. So I hope at this time, that you seek his face. Ask for his spirit to fool you. Ask for the fruit. To be made manifested in your heart. Read the word and water it. Covet the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that the church may be edified. So that the church may begin its healing process so that the church may become the hand of Christ to the dark world so that we may bring the light and let us close in prayer Heavenly Father Lord and Jesus Christ my Saviour I pray Lord that as your Spirit fills us, Lord. As your Spirit comforts us at this time. As your Spirit is the paraclete to help us through this time. Help us to be the hand that reaches out to your people. I pray that the words we speak of Father God will be wholesome. I pray that the words we speak to the church and to the people out there, Lord, will be from you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will cover us with your wings. Fill us with your, your spirit, Lord. Fill us with your power, with your love. Fill us with your anointing, Lord. And I pray that your anointing will fill us and cover us. Pray that we will be like Acts chapter 2. That when we speak of Father God as the Spirit gives us utterance. That Lord the people out there will hear your word. Help us to draw close to you Lord. Help us to speak your word with authority. Empowered by the Spirit. I pray we also be a healing hand. To those who are reaching out to us Lord. So that we may bring salvation. To those who are seeking it Lord. I pray our Father that you help us to speak words Lord that even. Those who do not believe will believe. Let us be, O Father God, an image of your Son on this earth. That when we walk, of Father God, they will not see us, but they will see Christ. And Lord, I pray for your healing power upon those who are sick. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will strengthen them, Lord. Holy Spirit, strengthen them. Fool them. Heal them. Empower them. Remove all sicknesses and diseases, every virus and germ that is not healthy to them, Lord. And I pray, Father God, that you will guide us through this time, Give us wisdom, knowledge and understanding so we may be able to know and to do what is right. And I thank you, Lord, for those who hear this message that you will bless them mightily. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.